what we eat is important, but who we are as eaters, like where we eat, when we eat, how we eat, why we eat in particular. You want the American dream. You want a happy life. The freedom, but cannot enjoy the journey while you get there? Firefly by Iris Janet is a woman podcast where the host, Iris Janet, shares inspiring stories, interesting interviews, and powerful strategies for women all around the world that help you reach your greatest potential while enjoying the path to your destination. How many books have you purchased that just sit on your shelf on read? Do you struggle with finding the time to read or reading make you sleepy? If you are like me and you have a collection of those on-read stories and wonderful books, well, let me tell you, we have great news for you. I find the solution to a problem. With Audible, you can enjoy your favorite story while driving, cooking, exercising, or even showering. I put my earpods, and there you go. I'm taking a shower and listening to my favorite book. Multitasking has never been easier. Audible is now offering a free book with your no-risk 30-day trial. And this trial is for free. It's free trial for 30 days and you get one book for free. If you do not love Audible, at the end of the 30 days, you can cancel the subscription and you continue keeping your book for free. So to download Audible and get your free trial book, please go to www.audibletrial.com slash firefly. Again, www.audibletrial.com slash firefly. This is interview with Joanne Edinburgh. Why to stop worrying about weight? Louis Hayes said, you have been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Bobby Brown said, feeling confident, being comfortable in your skin, that's what really makes you beautiful. Hello, my friends. This is another episode of Firefly by Iris Janet where we have a sincere and to-the-point conversation to help you reach your greatest potential. If you are new here, welcome to the show. And if you are one of those wonderful audience that give us review, thank you very much. If you like this show at any time and you know someone who can be inspired by this message, please copy and share the link with them. You can also share the link in your social media. Today, we have a great topic, a great show. We will be talking with Joanne Edinburgh. She is a certified eating psychology coach and the founder of Body Wisdom Nutrition. She received her coaching training from the Institute of the Psychology of Eating and has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Tuts University and a master's degree in social work from Boston University. She has helped conscious women transform from feeling stressed to feeling relaxed about food, weight, and body image so they can focus their time and energy on what truly nourished them. She had coached coached many clients to find their inner wisdom to transform challenges with weight and body image into powerful opportunity for personal growth. She is on a mission to help women and the quest for the perfect diet and the perfect body. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a great welcome to Joanne Edinburgh. Hello, Joanne. Hi, thank you so much, Iris. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you for accepting this invitation. I am super, super happy and excited that we are going to talk about this. This is such an important subject right now, not only for women of our age, but also 
teenagers, young people, uh, any ages. This subject is for any ages. So tell us about you and how you have helped women transforming from feeling stressed to feeling relaxed about food and weight. Okay. Well, I think my story is probably similar to many women out there. For many years, I was unhappy with my body and I consider myself like a self-help junkie, you know, always interested in health and nutrition and wellness. And I think I was always on that quest for the perfect diet, the perfect body. You know, what can I do next to improve myself? particularly with regard to food and weight and body image. And, you know, I think that, you know, I've had the experience of food as medicine, resolved many of my health issues with food. But on the flip side of that, I think there was these beliefs that would creep up, like food was either good or bad. And I started categorizing not just individual foods, but even whole you know, categories of foods as bad. And everything was great when I would be eating the good foods or the healthy foods, quote unquote. But then I quote unquote, fall off the wagon, right? And eat some bad foods or not be following that diet so well. And then I would start feeling that eat guilt shame cycle that many of us experience. And I started seeing food as the enemy, you know, which is kind of ridiculous. Like we can't live without food. Food is our friend, should be our friend. It's here to nourish us. And yet I think so many of us, particularly women who are very health conscious, we have a lot of self-judgment when it comes to eating and when we're not doing things perfectly. So eating really became somewhat stressful. And it wasn't until I did the program to become an eating psychology coach where I learned how complicated these issues are. You know, I think we're given the messages still to, still to today that it's just a simple equation, particularly when it comes to weight. You know, calories in minus calories out equals weight gain or weight loss or weight maintenance. And, you know, we're not machines. We're very complicated human beings <laughs> and eat less, exercise more. That's never worked. And those myths continue to be perpetuated. But in my program, I learned so many concepts that explained why this is so more complicated than that. And, you know, one of the primary foundational concepts, it has to do with stress and the stress response. You know, we're designed as human beings to eat when we're relaxed. That relaxation state is when our body is working optimally to metabolize and digest our food. So food gets broken down well, our nutrients get absorbed, blood flows to digestive tract, and everything goes well. Now, when we eat in a stress state, which is the opposite of the relaxation state, all the things that we expect to happen when we're trying to digest and metabolize our food aren't happening. And so when we eat, when we're stressed, or when we're living in a perpetual state of low level stress, which is true for many of us these days, um, particularly the last couple of years, right? What happens is that our body actually doesn't realize that we just ate. You know, we're not... So 
Yes. Let, let me let me interrupt you here because I have an important question. So when are we hungry? Are we stressed? Hunger is actually a very normal. Okay. So okay. being very hungry, like waiting, like having a diet and waiting for a long time to eat and we get hungry. That's not, that's not stress. It's a stress when we have like any type of emotion that, that it get us worry or fearly or stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Okay. I mean, actually depriving yourself of food can create a stress response, actually, especially mm -hmm. if we're dieting and really limiting our calories that too can put us into that stress response, but normal hunger is normal. You know, it's okay, it's okay mm -hmm. to be hungry. So I think when I learned about that, it helped me really understand, like even things like having negative beliefs about food, feeling guilty about what you just ate, feeling like, yes. oh my gosh, I just ate so much, or I shouldn't have eaten that, you know, that puts us in a stress response. So many things. So, you know, I think, What's most important is to, and what I do with, what, what I did once I learned all of this was I figured out how to relax more with food and relax more in my life in general, because stress in other parts of our life, whether it be from, you know, a not so optimal relationship or a job we might not be happy about, or maybe some experience that hasn't been resolved in our life or whatever it might be those things all um, impact our relationship with food. And so developing nourishing practices and getting to a point where I could really relax, not just with food, but with my body and kind of understanding the root causes of why I was not having a positive mm -hmm. relationship with food and with my body and getting to a place now where you know, I actually spend my time focused on other things, you know, that hyper focus on food and weight and body, you know, that itself can be stressful. And maybe you've heard of the saying, you know, what we focus on is what we get more of. Yes. So trying to focus on things that put us more in that relaxation state and that calm, happy, joyful state is what a lot of what I do for myself and with my clients to help them transform their relationship with food to a more positive and healthy place. I have a daughter that is vegetarian. And she mm -hmm. told me the other day, I was like talking to her, I say, I don't know how you do it. Not that I eat much meat. I don't eat red meat, but I do eat fish and I eat some chicken. And I was asking her, how are you doing? And she said, Maybe if you shift your mind that you're eating to nutrish your body, not to satisfy some kind of emotion. And that keep me thinking. Did not get involved in that, but I was thinking, okay, <laughs> so what does that mean? So what are our challenges with food and our emotions? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question, right? Because when we were babies, when we were fed, that met a lot of needs for us, right? Including our emotional needs. So there's actually nothing wrong with using food to nourish us. I think the problem is, is when that's the only strategy that we have for dealing with our emotions and also mm -hmm. for stuffing our emotions. So if you think about the term emotional eating, we're eating our emotions. We're not actually feeling our emotions. We're actually numbing our emotions and avoiding feeling them. Hmm. And so I think it's, it's a really interesting question and trying to look at it from a, the perspective of this isn't a bad thing. 
it's, it's a way to just learn, you know, what's going on for us. If we quote unquote, eat emotionally or overeat or whatever it might be, even if in the moment we don't recognize what, why we did that, it's a good opportunity to think, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why I ate. Was I actually hungry? Or was there something that happened right before I ate? Maybe I had a hard conversation with someone, or maybe something yes. happened that morning that, you know, we use these, this strategy of eating. Many of us learned to eat, to comfort ourselves. And yes. again, there's the pros and cons of that. Mm -hmm. Food can be comforting and there's nothing wrong with that. But when we use it as the only way to deal with our emotions, I think that's when it gets to be problematic. And so learning to really tune in, whether it's before you eat or afterwards, doesn't really matter. You know, mm -hmm. it's a process and really think about, okay, what am I feeling right now? Am I hungry? Oh, that is am I, am I feeling upset about something? And I could eat right now. That's what I'm feeling like I want to do. But are there other ways that I can meet those needs? You know, can I just express my emotions, first of all? And secondly, are there other strategies I can use to deal with my stress? You know, can I just go outside for five minutes, get some fresh air, go for a walk, call a friend, run up and down the stairs, whatever yes. it is. You know, there's yes. lots of things that we can do to meet our needs and food is one of them. So I don't, I don't see these things as, as yes. negative or positive. It just, you know, had to be of, a balance. It's kind exactly. of like what, when we see in the movies that, that the actress uh, break up with the boyfriend and then she buy a big giant ice cream. You Absolutely. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now she's thinking, okay, I gotta eat ice cream because I'm very stressed and very, but you see, I think in some way, like you said, I have eat the ice cream or the hot chocolate, for example, if it's cold, you know, mm -hmm. and it comfort me. And I don't yeah. see that that should be wrong, right? If I'm drinking yeah. something warm in, to comfort me and, and feeling good, or um, in the case of, you know, let's say a birthday party, it's a mm -hmm. celebration. I, I never say no to a cake. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what, we're celebrating you. And I think that this is a good reason to eat this piece of cake. Yes. But of yes. course, I'm not going to go and eat the whole cake, you know. Mm -hmm. But then yeah, you I do eat the whole cake, though. Let's take the example of if you eat the whole cake, okay? Okay. I think the worst part of issues that people have around eating is the feelings that we have after we eat, that guilt and shame. Mm. Sometimes maybe you're going to eat the whole cake. Maybe you're not. Why? The question is why? Why do you feel that need? And maybe it is you're super hungry because you've been on a diet and you've been depriving yourself for a long yes. time. Or yes. maybe it's that there's lots of reasons that you might, you might do that. But the issue is, I think the, neg the negative impact is when we have those negative thoughts afterwards and we feel guilty about it. And that happens a lot with sweets, for example, like sugar yes. has been completely demonized in our culture. And I'm not going to say for sure, yes or no, it's good or bad for you. It really depends. And a mm -hmm. lot of it, I think, does depend on your mindset about it. I think for a long time, you know, 50 years ago, let's say, you know, people ate sugar and maybe we eat a lot more now than we did then, but it didn't have the same power that it does now where people have all these negative ideas about it. And yes, 
you know, different foods can serve different purposes at different times. And I'm definitely become much less of an absolutist about any particular food because deprivation is what creates that mindset of like, whenever you're not able to have something, you want it more, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I agree. You know, this remind me when uh, I was uh, raising my kids, I have eight kids. And oh when God. they were little, there were five that were little at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working. So I remember buying the TV dinners. One of my friends told me, you don't feel guilty not, not cooking and giving that. And I said, no, as a matter of fact, no, I don't. I think that gives us time to hang out together. We're able to, to enjoy time with, us, with ourselves. And they love it. They love the dinosaur um, mm-hmm. chicken nugget. They used to come <laughs> So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that sometimes it's what we think, feeling guilty or, or judging ourselves mm-hmm. in our choices and what we eat. Yes, I agree. I mean, there's, there's so many aspects just to eating, like you were talking about. I mean, it's not just to feed your, your family. You know, it's to have that time together to connect. And sometimes it's there's reasons and times where it makes sense to do things that are more convenient that might not be officially nutritionally superior. Yes. Because there are so many of these aspects that contribute to our metabolism. I mean, it's not just about what we eat, what we eat is important, but who we are as eaters, like where we eat, when we eat, how we eat, why we eat in particular, those things are at least as important to what we eat. And it's all part of the equation. And I think we really simplify things too much when we just focus on the food itself. In the food. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking about that that you are saying when we actually ask ourselves, why am I, for example, drinking a lot of soda to say something? or drinking a lot of milk, whatever it is, mm-hmm. what is that is satisfying me? What is it? When we start mm-hmm. asking those questions, then we're going to resolve all the issues that are hiding yes. behind that choice. And I think that is more important actually than, than the food itself. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's definitely yeah. more important because once you resolve that issue, then you're not going to have that craving anymore or Mm -hmm. if you have it you're not going to have that feeling of feeling unworthy Mm -hmm. how much effect will have to and I don't want to go into the religious topic but how -hmm. much effect did it have if we bless our food do we have any effect on it I think it's a really good practice I think there's a couple things around that you know first of all gratitude is is so important it also brings us into that high frequency space, just like relaxation. So doing that before you eat, I think is, is critical. Blessing our food also gives us the chance to pause before we eat. Again, Mm. slowing down. I think there's a reason why all these uh, religious traditions take that time before you eat to Mm -hmm. do a blessing, you know, and I think both the gratitude and the the really taking the time to slow down and focus on what you're doing is so important. It also really impacts how you metabolize your food and that slowing down. You know, I think in our very fast culture, many people eat very quickly and mindlessly, you know, we're not, 
mindful about what we're doing. We don't eat when we eat. You know, we're multitasking. We're, you know, on the phone, we're on the computer, we're working and, and eating at the same time, we're eating in the car. And those things actually oh, eating and watching TV sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not that that's like a horrible thing, but it can actually cause some low level stress. And so we're not able to actually metabolize our food optimally, when we're not actually focused on eating oh, when we're mm -hmm. eating. So I think it's really important to like, sit down when you're eating, slow down. And the blessing I think, takes care of a couple of those things. So I think it's actually a really good thing. We support specializes in creating and growing exceptional brands. In today's virtual world, social media is an essential marketing technique required to create online presence. Social media is a new way people communicate, shop, and learn. With countless things changing on social media, it can get overwhelming running those ads and campaigns. We Support Group can help your business be more efficient and profitable. And today we have a special offer for business owners with little to no social media presence. Let us help you grow a profitable business. Our consultants are experts in identifying your strategy. For more information, visit our page, wesupportgroup.net and take advantage of the special offer. And if you mention that you hear this offer at Firefly by Iris Janet, you'll also get a 10% discount. We Support, modernizing how people connect with business. A lot of people drink some type of alcohol before they eat. Like, for example, I live in Spain many years and mm -hmm. they have the custom to drink some type of alcohol, not uh, the whole bar, but mm -hmm. kind of some alcohol. And I believe they use it for that same purpose to kind of mm -hmm. relax before mm -hmm. they start eating. That makes sense, actually. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. I haven't read too much about that specifically, but yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense a lot. And I mean, I think in a lot of other cultures, Spain in particular, you know, they really value that time to eat together. Yes. And have that sense of community and that time to really focus on eating when you know, eating. <laughs> this uh, remind me, and now it makes sense to me, I used to have a digest problem when I eat and the doctor tell me you need to slow down and you need to chew your food mm -hmm. and so now I'm more conscious when I'm eating mm -hmm. and I take my time because I was like probably have to do with the fact that I have to work and I have so many mm -hmm. kids to raise and stuff like that so I always was in a go 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 but mm -hmm. yes it become a moment where I was having a lot of stomach problems and he I remember he told me you need to take your time when you're eating it's eating chew your food very good Mm. And now I kind of like, sometimes I do not go on subconscious and start eating. And then I no, wait a minute, you know, and take my time. And there's also the process of the saliva and all the intestinal, I mean, um, the gastro acids or mm -hmm. fluids, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this make a lot of sense now. This is connecting things yes. to me. <laughs> yes. Digestive issues can be impacted immensely by slowing down, just by slowing down. It's amazing. Yeah, that whole first phase of digestion is called the mind phase of digest digestion, cephalic. Oh, shoot, now I can't remember what the, the name is. But basically, it's like the mind phase of digestion when we're kind of using all of our senses to start those digestive juices flowing, mm -hmm. you know, by and by taking that time and slowing down and smelling the food and seeing the food and really tasting the food it starts that process. And if we miss that, you know, we're missing a good percentage of 
our digestion. It's fascinating. Mm. You know? It is fascinating. Yeah. So why woman, why do we worry so much about the weight? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of issues there. I think one of the biggest ones is that weight has been directly connected to health. Okay. So in the name of health, we think that we need to lose weight or be at this particular weight. The reality is, and I think this is a, a lesser known fact, there's a whole body of knowledge called health at any size. And there's been a lot of research that's been done that shows that weight in and of itself is not a risk factor for disease. I'm going to repeat that because a lot of people don't oh, realize wow. that weight in and of itself has not been shown to be a risk factor for disease. Now, if there are other issues as well, mm -hmm. maybe. So I think that's really interesting. And basically, being a little bit overweight can be beneficial to your health, you know, when you're recovering from surgery, or um, just mortality in general, you live longer, if you're a little bit overweight, then you're a little underweight. And if you think about it, being very underweight is a disease, right? It's called anorexia. You know, mm -hmm. our body literally shuts down when we don't give it enough food and energy. But at some point, we think that depriving ourselves and not eating enough is a good thing. It's better. Uh -huh. You yeah. know, and it's a little bit crazy, but it is kind of culturally what we believe. Of course, all the social media and the images that we see give us this idea of what we're supposed to look like. And, you know, even a lot of medical professionals and nutritionists go along with this idea of having this particular weight, you know, for your height. And I don't think there's a lot of science to actually back that up, which is interesting. And then, you know, there's, I think from a very early age, because of some of this stuff, you know, women in particular, we are taught that our worthiness is based on our physical appearance. So, you know, of course, we're going to be focused on trying to be this particular weight, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's really unfortunate. And it's really hard to get out of that mindset, because it's so ingrained in our culture. You know, yes, I don't know if it's true of other cultures, but certainly in the US. Yes, I, I agree. But what I've noticed, I have lived in many different countries. And I noticed there, even though that they have different types, sizes of you know, uh, skinny or not skinny, that's not the subject. The subject is another subject, mostly what they worry about. For example, they worry about having kids. Do we have a family? Mm. If you don't have a family, then, you know, mm. there's something wrong mm -hmm. with you. So in our culture, yes, definitely. I noticed that, you know, how you look is important even to go and get a job, you mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of discrimination if you live in a larger body, you know, mm -hmm. in so many aspects. So it's difficult, right? So there's a lot of guilt and shame around body size and I think that contributes to people just feeling like they need to be smaller, you know, or they need to. Be what can we do to not be victimized by that mentality mm -hmm. out there? What can we yeah. do? It's, it's a hard one for sure. You know, I think the more that we can be exposed to media that 
shows people of different sizes, which is a little bit hard to find, but you can find it for sure. That helps normalize it. I think getting back into our bodies, you know, helps us feel better about our bodies. You know, we're so disconnected from our bodies and anything that we can do to actually feel connected to our bodies, you know, whether it be a movement practice that we actually enjoy, not necessarily exercise for exercise sake or for burning a particular number of calories or number of steps, but you know, what you really love to do, you know, whether it's dance or swimming or gardening or walking or whatever, you know, there's lots of options, but getting in the body and really being embodied, I guess, can Mm kind of help you feel more connected to your body. But yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I don't have all the answers to that (laughs) one because I think it's a real challenge. Yeah, but even if we can just uh, try, you know, different ways of avoiding to feel that way, to feel intimidated by the way that we look, I think anything, mm-hmm. you know, will help us. So any information that anybody have, any tips, any tricks, I think is very good. I actually was um, listening the other day, I think it was... Um, uh, when Dyer, that he was uh, talking about how to feel comfortable about yourself. And one of the things that he was saying is to do the exercise that you enjoy doing. Because mm-hmm. if you do the exercise that you don't enjoy doing, there's a resistance right there. Absolutely. And so I don't exercise much. I probably do maybe 10, maximum 15 minutes of yoga, probably. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I do. If I have the chance to do it, great. If I don't have the chance to do it, hey, why can I do it? Mm-hmm. I probably go for a walk or something like that. But I definitely, I noticed that when I start doing all those aerobics and all that thing that was that I did not like, I was not losing, well, not that I was doing it for losing weight, but I was not feeling so energetic, like yeah. when I'm doing the one that I actually like. Yep. Yeah, I think that's critical. I mean, that's one of the things I work on with my clients too, is finding a movement practice. I don't even really call it exercise that makes you feel yeah, because good. the work, right? The work is already. <laughs> <laughs> we have some very strange ways of thinking about things <laughs> in our culture. But anyways, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we've evolved to move as human beings. So it is important to move, but you know, in a way that feels good, that's not too much. I think there is definitely such a thing as over-exercising. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you love to run marathons, that's awesome. If it feels good and you feel good and you're, you're healthy doing it, that's great. But if you're doing it for other reasons, like to burn calories, to overcompensate for your eating, to lose weight, you know, those aren't the best reasons. And sometimes overexercise can put you in a stress response as well, you know, and release cortisol and actually not be so great for you. So it kind of, everyone's individual. Exactly. Exactly. Going back to the word exercise, you are right. And let me tell you something in Puerto Rico and in Spain that I know, because it's the only place that I I know, but they don't call it exercise. They call it training. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Entrenar. That's what they call it for Mm. when you're working out. Entrenar, not exercises. You say exercise, that's already a job for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has negative connotations for a lot of people. And we don't want that. You know, we want to be helping people get into a place of feeling good, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what it should, to me, that's kind of where my journeys brought me. Like I focus on, do I feel good? 
as opposed to focusing so much on, do I look good? Yes. And of course, everyone cares about that. I mean, it's human nature to care about that to some extent to look good, but feeling good is the most important thing. And I think for me, like I've probably way more than I've ever weighed in my life. And I feel better physically, mentally, emotionally than I've ever felt. I'm 57 years old. And I cannot say that that is true of any other period in my life. So and I think there's lots of people that can attest to that as well. So, you know, (laughs) I am so glad you said that because it's exactly how I feel. This is, Mm -hmm. I think, the more that I have weighed all my life because I always tend to be very skinny, even when I have kids. But of course, running after eight kids who doesn't get skinny, (laughs) right? And But I feel the best. But I know that it's because I take care of my soul. I take care mm. of my spirit. I take care of learning skills that, that learn that teach me how to love myself and accept myself. So now weight is not so important. I actually, I went to a retreat of Joe Dispenza and he was like, just eat what make you happy. That's mm-hmm. it. If, it's, if you're happy with it, just eat. You know, it's up to you because my body is different than yours. What somebody else eat may not feed my body. So I have to be the one judging what I'm going to eat and how I feel of my food. So, yes. So let's to summarize. What do you think are the three things most important that we need to think about food, weight, or look? What are the three most important things or steps? There's so many things, really, which is great. That's what I love about this work. There's so many areas to work in, but let me pick a few. So I think one thing that I think is really helpful is to go through your closet and get rid of anything that doesn't fit and that you don't like. Just like we eat every day, we get dressed every day and you want to feel good about that. When you're looking in your closet and you see a bunch of clothes that don't fit you, it doesn't feel good. Again, it puts you in that stress response. You know, you want to feel good when you get up in the morning. And so I know this is a really hard one for a lot of people because they want, you know, they say, oh, well, those, those clothes that are too small. They may fit me later. <laughs> right. I don't want to get rid of them. That's wasteful. That motivates me. But I will tell you that I think it's a good practice, even if you don't get rid of them and just put them in a, a place you don't see them. I think it can be very helpful and freeing then it leaves more space to buy some new things that you will feel good in that do fit you well. And, you know, people will say, well, that I don't have the money for that, or I don't want to be wasteful or whatever. But if you think about it, if you lost 10, 20, 50 pounds, and you didn't have any clothes that fit you, would you be willing to spend that money to buy some new clothes? I think most people would say yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it, points out that we need to really be kind to ourselves when we're, when things are going well, or when things are going the way we hope they should go. And, and even more importantly, when things aren't going as well as we'd like, it's just like with our kids, right? You know, like we can love them very easily when they're doing well, when they're doing well at school, when they behave perfectly, right? But when things go wrong, that's when we really need to Love them unconditionally. We need that to do is the such same a good point. Yeah. Yes, because so. I don't. I definitely did not buy when I was gaining weight. I buy when I lose weight. 
because thinking, no, I that one, I'm not gonna be that weight anymore. So I'm not gonna spend that. Yes, mm-hmm. that make much sense. I think it's important. So that's one strategy. I think the gratitude practice, I call it thank you body practice, you know, where every day you think about something that you're grateful for about your body. It can be as simple as, you know, I'm grateful for my eyes so I can see or my voice so I can sing or speak my truth or my legs so I can walk. I mean, as simple as that, our bodies do so many things for us. And we focus so much on the things that we don't like. And again, you know, what we focus on is what we get more of. So focusing on what we're grateful for in that realm, I think is helpful. And then a third thing is fun. Make sure you incorporate fun into your life every day. And that can look different for every person. And you can call it fun. You can call it nourishment, pleasure, what makes you happy. But bringing more of that into your life, I think, first of all, help your metabolism because it will put you in that relaxation place. And it prioritizes those things. I think as women, we tend to you know, do those things last and making sure that we do something every day that makes us feel good is really important. So, you know, I just put on my phone a reminder, what are you gonna do today that nourishes you? You know, it can be as simple as that, just a reminder to try to incorporate those things into your life. That is good. Joanne, where our audience can find information about you? We're gonna have it in the detail of the show anyway, but I want you to tell me what can you do for them, where they can find you? Yes, they can find me most easily through my website, which is joanneedinburgh.com. I do free consultations, so you can sign up for those right on the website. I'd be happy to talk with you more about your story. I do a 12-week Transform Your Relationship with Food and Body program, and you can find out more by checking out the website. That sounds great. I love that. And this doesn't have to mean that you're feeling overweight. It means that you're feeling that you want to connect more with your body and that you want to enjoy um, the act of eating or the act or whatever it is, right? Exactly. I mean, our size doesn't determine our relationship with our food. You know, there's many people, you know, that's the thing. We put our life on hold till we get to this ideal weight or body image. And the reality is that there are lots of people with that perfect body that aren't happy. No, so so it's or not healthy, or healthy. Yeah, goes way beyond that. So yes. yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joanne. This is such a great conversation. As you can see, I usually do shorter than this. And look, I cannot let you go because I had so many <laughs> questions for you. Thank you so much. And thank you to our audience for listening. And do not forget to subscribe to the show and share in the social media. You can also follow me on Instagram under Firefly underscore IJ and visit the webpage fireflybyirisjohnny.com where you can find this podcast, but also I share with you my ideas and tips and extra things that you will love. Thank you for listening and it will be until next time. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you so much.